Welcome to a new episode of From Where We Sit. It's January of 2023, so we've made it to the new year, and it's been an interesting week for sure. Um, I think everyone in White Collar Worlds had those kickoff calls that are trying to figure out what's going on with the new year because we've decided collectively that no one really wants to work around the holidays. And I know we had the time off and I'm kind of here for it that this new norm is everyone's just kind of coasting into the holiday and not really working until the new year. But then comes that fog that comes with starting in the new year and trying to remember what the heck you were doing two, three weeks ago. But we're here and we have a podcast with the first non-DNW guest. She is Wendy Chan and she is the senior project manager at Bread and Butter a great agency that we partner with often. And what's even better is she is a non-media professional. She actually is the project manager over there. And it's great to get her perspective. I know that a lot of what I come to things with is from a media-centric point of view. It'll be great to listen to her and her perspective on non-media related things regarding marketing and advertising. With that said, let's get going with the show. Wendy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me here. I am well and excited to answer some questions and do some chatting. <laughs> and full transparency, Wendy and I actually work together um, daily on a couple clients. Uh, Bread and Butter is a good partner, and I would call us maybe more the partner to them. Um, so we do some work. They compliment us, and we compliment them. And it's Wendy's been on the team, I think, how many months now? Mm, nine or ten months nine or ten coming months. up so on a year soon hitting a year so kind of starting off the conversation it's talk about yourself a little bit in the path to the job because it's interesting is even in some of my earlier conversations like the path to get to advertising like you don't have that direct path as a senior project manager where you haven't you didn't start directly in advertising like, talk a little bit about how you got here and maybe what led you to a career in advertising or starting off here in the last year or so. <laughs> yeah. So I started my career in management consulting, actually, um, which was not what I ever intended, which I think is how many people start their careers, um, strangely enough. But I started in management consulting as an executive assistant because throughout college, my work experience was primarily in administrative work. So that's how I started there. And I kind of created a path for myself to grow into the project management role in that management consulting firm. So I was there for about six and a half years, which is a very long time to be in a first job in your early 20s. So that's where I experienced a lot of growth, but also realized at some point that I needed to grow elsewhere. And all my life, I had viewed myself as a creative person, but never wanted to go and become a writer, per se, or to go do photography as a profession or anything. But then I started thinking in my last year or so at my last job that maybe I can get into the creative world somehow. It wasn't really intentional when I was doing my job search, but I came across Bread and Butter. I applied initially just as a job to apply to, but as I got into the whole interview process and learned more, I was like, this would be really ideal because I can continue growing in the professional path that I've set myself on and explore this new world that I've always been interested in, but was too afraid, honestly, to go and try. So that's how I am where I am today. And was the, you're in Seattle now, mm -hmm. were you in Seattle before for the other position? Did you work remote at all? I know it's kind of like pre-COVID, some of that work, or during a COVID a little bit. Was it a lot of it in person or remote or? Yeah, so that job was completely remote as well. So I was well into the remote working world before COVID and all of that started happening. So for those six and a half years, I was 
working from home um, and doing a lot of video calls. So I was very well adjusted to Zoom and everything that we have been doing for the last few years. The only times I ever saw my coworkers in that role were when we had client projects or team retreats. So that was a handful of times a year. Um, but we were an international company. So we went to all these different cities throughout the U.S. as well as a couple of places in Canada. Question I was going to ask about like mm-hmm. starting a position that's fully remote and like kind of the the team aspect because advertising is definitely a team. Not I mean a lot of professions are team, but it feels like advertising especially is team oriented. And how did you kind of adapt to being new and not really having that in person connection? It seems like with five six years prior, maybe it wasn't an issue because you were so familiar with it. But did you find it was like difficult to transition, and especially with like it being a new job in a world that was fully remote? It wasn't too difficult to transition. While I just generally as a person appreciate in-person interactions, it wasn't too difficult to do the virtual adjustment. What I have noticed, though, is that, yes, it's very true that in advertising there is a lot more um, collaboration needed, whereas before I was able to do a lot of my work independently or to make sure that work gets done without me being too involved. But now it's like, okay, uh, this would have been a lot easier of a process if we were all in the same room together yeah. because we could have done all these reviews live and gotten to where we needed to be together mm-hmm. in person rather than sort of like waiting for each item on the checklist to be checked off Mm -hmm. um, and not really knowing where someone is in that process. That's been the only kind of minor adjustment for me. Um, I will say that, you know, while I wish that I could see people more sometimes, it's been really nice to just be at home when I need to, to be with my dog and make sure that he gets the attention and love he needs Um, and also to cook my own lunches and manage my blood sugars as I need to in my own space. So um, that's been nice. And I, I maybe I brought this up before, but early in my career, I took a three-year break actually and did sales with my brother at a kind of IT service company. And when I got back into advertising, I actually felt that that experience outside of advertising really helped accelerate my career in a lot of ways because in sales, I was I, I got really comfortable speaking with other people, having to speak to senior people, selling in product, right? Maybe that cold calling, cold emailing, it made me a lot more comfortable with a lot of things. Do you feel like being a little bit outside the advertising world, you've come into this world with maybe some different perspective or you've been able to build on your previous experience? Obviously, that's the goal of a career, but do you feel like it's almost being an outsider has helped you in any ways? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, I like to ask questions that come from a different perspective. Um, and it's just so fascinating to come into a new world because that's how you accelerate your learning and growth as a professional, as well as just as a person in general. I think having come in from a whole different industry and having entirely different experience has really brought a sort of different perspective for the organization. I've been told that like I've been proof that someone can come in from outside the industry and still do well, Um, still learn quickly and pick up on things and ask questions from perspectives that the team may not have had before. So I think it's been good. Um, I also happened to have some strategy experience as well. So I think that brings a different perspective too. And then, of course, there's a project management perspective, which is what I was primarily brought on to do and bring. I want to get to a question about like something you've noticed in advertising. But let's actually take a quick step. How do you define project management at bread and butter? Like what do you – 
Because so to me, it's always like it's the, sometimes the thankless job of keeping the trains on time. Yeah. That's how some people would say it. But there's definitely more to it. And B&B is, you know, a creative and strategically led agency. So how do you how do you define project management at B&B and your main roles there? So it definitely requires putting the pieces together. Um, but prior to that, it's defining what the pieces are in partnership with um, strategy and creative, and then also keeping those trains running, as you were saying. If we were talking Legos, for example, we're taking all the different pieces to build a train, and that's something I do in partnership with others. It's definitely a lot of that collaborative work. And I will say one thing about the project management aspect that's new for me here is getting to see things being created and seeing beautiful things come to life from the concepting all the way to the delivery step. Um, and that's something I've really enjoyed. Whereas, you know, before there wasn't much of creation of beautiful things. It was a slide deck as nice as I could make it, yeah. not as nice as an actual creative person could do it. Yeah. What's, I guess, in the position, and you're talking about less than a year now, but what's the biggest thing you've noticed about working in this industry? Is You kind of talk about collaboration. Has there been any eye openers or something that's like, oh, these four teams need to collaborate and make sure everything is in place and then it could all be nothing if the client declines it in the end and we have to redo it and start from scratch. Like, is there any, what's kind of been those aha moments along the way? To be frank, I'm not sure I've had a big aha moment yet. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think that that speaks to how so many people across different experiences and industries and all of that can still experience similar challenges and similar achievements and all of that. So a lot of the challenges that we may have with clients or even internally I've seen in other companies or other teams in industries like hospitality or even um, manufacturing or education. It's like all across, I've seen so many different and also so many of the same team or organizational challenges. So that's been really cool to me because I was like, when I was in my previous role for so long, I couldn't get myself out of the whole like, I need to get out of here. I'm not learning anything new anymore. But seeing that um, applicability in this new experience and in this new role just really reminds me like, oh, we're all people. And even if it's challenging with some clients or challenging with some projects, we're all just trying to get things done and make good things happen in the world. And maybe that is an aha moment. Maybe I just talked uh, myself into it. <laughs> I, I love that. I sometimes, what I like about working with the bread and butter and being a smaller agency is it always bothered me at bigger agencies to pick on the bigger shops is how corporate and bureaucratic and scared everyone was and that we didn't treat people like people. Like the clients were elevated and we were scared to talk to them in a conversational way. Everything had to be ultra buttoned up because everyone was afraid of saying something wrong that could turn something negative. And I feel like you kind of mentioned it there of just the demystic, like everyone's just a person trying to do their job to the best of their ability. And if you realize that that person could have the most senior title, they're still just a person just trying to do the best they can and you're trying to do that. And if you, you if you can level yourself with them, it, I think it, it, it breaks down some barriers and it, I think it frees you up at times. And that's what's, I think, nice about the type of clients that we typically work on and our size and kind of the things that you're talking about. Do you feel that as well? Or Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I used to be afraid of talking to more senior people and this was years ago. But then one day it finally hit me that we're all just people. Yeah. 
Whether you're a CEO or an administrative assistant um, or a media planner or project manager, we're all just people. And we've all been through or we will all have gone through very similar experiences with very similar goals. So um, that's something that's that's a realization that I had that really helped me to more comfortably communicate with everyone across whatever job, whatever role in whatever industry. I always think also we typically are subject matter experts. So we know more than the person we're talking to. And even if they have a higher title and they have that experience, it's not that you're talking down to them. It's that I've always come to it with the confidence that I actually know more than they do in a lot of ways, and especially if I would be communicating with them. So I should go there with confidence and treat them just like a person and not feel intimidated by the situation. Yep, exactly. I um, One more question about the, the job, and then I want to get into some more macro things, is for a project manager specifically, like what are the skills that you're finding make you successful or will make you more successful in the position? Yeah, so communication is key. Um, And I think that is a universally applicable statement, Um, but very good communication. And one thing that somebody told me years ago that sticks with me now is there is nothing wrong with over communication. The issue is when you under communicate, you know, sometimes I get a little bit kind of like wary of having sent too many emails or having sent you guys teams messages too many times in a row. But then I'm like, okay, but I'm expressing the information that needs to be out there and I'm asking for what needs to get done. Um, So that's something that is very critical to have um, and to develop as a project manager. And then the other thing is I think being able to kind of keep all the plates spinning, right? Like if we were to actually go back to that Lego train um, metaphor, trying to keep all the pieces in place. And if something needs to get onto the train or something needs to get off the train, um, still keeping it on track somehow. Mm -hmm. And I think from an abstract perspective, that's also, you know, keeping yourself in check and being able to still be, this is a word I've been using a lot, I don't know why, Um, being able to still be zen about everything, I think is one of the biggest challenges, like taking a step back and like not taking things personally, but still keeping things, you know, as they, as they need to be. Yeah. And I think also asking for help. Um, That's one thing I struggled with a lot before and still struggle with sometimes now. But even if I'm the person who's keeping the train on the track, it doesn't mean that I can't ask for help for someone to come watch the train too or come (laughs) co-conduct with me or anything. Let's talk about some larger things. I I think one thing that's interesting of what I like about Bread and Butter, but wanted to get your feedback on is you actually work for a female-led company, which is maybe more unique in the advertising game and probably actually most industries. And do you feel, do you feel the difference in that? Do you feel like coming, I know you've had that one kind of one prior position for a long period of time. And I don't know your experience with like maybe direct leads that were female or more senior people that were female, but do you, do you feel that a little bit more being female led? I am happy to say that I've had other female leaders before. So it's actually been a nice continuation, if that makes sense. I feel that there's a lot of empathy um, in the leadership and in the way that things are run and that there's a lot of, you know, emphasis on wholeness as a person. Like we're not just people who come into work and um, we're also people with lives and we each come in with, you know, our own situations. So if you have a dog, if you have a child or 
Well, a, ch- a dog could be a child too. <laughs> but if you have like five of them, some yeah. mix of it all, um, I feel that there's a lot of um, empathy there. And that's something that I felt in my previous role with a female leader, as well as in this role with a female leader. So that's something that um, I feel very glad to experience continually. And you mentioned in your position, you kind of even mentioned like growth is important. You kind mm-hmm. of explored outside into an, an hour in advertising. Um, do you feel like you're getting the opportunity for growth? That pathway is being laid out for you. Is it transparent enough that you can see the pathway moving forward? Because I think what's interesting or what I'm trying to capture a little bit with the the theme of the podcast is are agencies, marketing organizations, brands doing and cultivating an experience for people that are you're not in a junior position, but not like director and executive level positions. Are they creating a path? Is it transparent? Do you feel like where you're at in your career, the growth is being laid out for you, you can see it, and that whether it's at your position or maybe future places down the road, that B&B or other spots is, spots are are making it happen for you and laying it out in a clear way? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, one of the first things that I was asked to do when I first joined BNB was to create my own roadmap, right? So to write my personal brief and create a roadmap um, outlining how I want to grow and kind of the milestones for that. That's something that I've spoken about and spoken to in um, a few different conversations. Um, but honestly, I need to really write that down and make that become a reality too. That leads me to, it's a two-way road, right? So the opportunity and space are there for me and I need to do the work to express what I want and how I want to get there. And something that's been new-ish uh, to BNB is um that's in our benefits plan this year, at least, is uh, sort of like educational and professional development opportunities um, to grow each of us as we would like to. I think that that's a really good space uh, to create for us because not many people do or not many companies will. Um, They might say, oh, yeah, go. Um, It's great that you want to go get your PMP certification, but We won't necessarily pay for it or like, oh, yeah, you go do that in your own time. Um, So I think that's an area of support that more and more companies are becoming more attentive to. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I feel in CBNB doing as well. Can you elaborate on the brief? Because actually, that's like a brilliant idea. It sounds so (laughs) simple, but yet I can think of it. I'm not doing that. It's, It's when we have a new employee, we create a roadmap that's would be created by me or someone else on my team for that employee, the idea that you're creating it with them. How does that process work? How did you do it in this in this case? Like, what does the documentation look like and what are the checkpoints around that? Yeah, really good question. Um, I haven't looked at it in a while. So, <laughs> but from what I recall, the first few questions were something like, where are you now? Where are you in your career now? Where are you in BNB now? Where do you want to be in six months? In 12 months, how do you see yourself getting there? What kind of support do you need in getting there? So those are really good questions that honestly, starting off a job right away, I wouldn't have thought of yet because my goal when I start a job is always to kick ass for (laughs) the first six months and 12 months or, you know, just always um, until I become indispensable. And and also just figure (laughs) out what the heck you're doing day to day, which is always, that's the first few weeks. But yeah, that's, you know, it's just like a really kind of flip of it where it's like a two-way street is when you hire someone, I think the employee can feel like 
a certain way, but I think that the, the fact that you're like dictating it back upwards is really important and your goals because that helps management make sure we're ma- someone's managing you properly and that they're pushing you along as you want to be pushed. So it's it's I love the idea of like you setting the goals and kind of setting the tone for your path at that company. Yeah, I'm very into setting your own path. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I I did want to chime in on something because we're it's 2023 as I noted in the opening and the last few months you've started to feel we've started to feel like the industry changing in terms of the economy right like tech companies have been laying off people stock prices are down we're in Seattle here so the tech industry is very tied to a lot of what we do like Amazon and other companies like that and so when there's this outer feeling of an economic downturn, whether it's happening at BNB or general, like I know that we're feeling just maybe companies pulling back on spend. Like, are you sensing kind of macroeconomic events? And does that, do you feel like that permeates its way down to yourself or maybe even conversations that people are happening? Like, oh, we really need to hold on to this client or, oh man, they're not spending as much in 2023. What does that mean for us? Like, do you feel, I'm not trying to like, you don't have to rat out any individual client, but do you feel like macroeconomic things? Because clearly there's a lot of things happening in the marketing world right now that there's a little bit of a pinch happening. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, on a pretty regular basis, we're having financial conversations anyway. And while the macroeconomics of things have started to play a role in some of these conversations, um, I don't necessarily feel direct impact personally. You know, I've, I know that um, the economy has affected the way that some of our clients might approach things. And that has led to kind of some varying conversations on budget and scope and whatnot. Um, but I think that the focus there those conversations isn't aren't necessarily focused on, all right, what money can we get from them? They're focused on how can we maintain this relationship with the client? How can we keep doing good work for them, maybe in a different capacity um, that is still relevant in this changing world and changing economy? So that's kind of the more like nuances um, that the economy has affected or has, you know, kind of pulled the levers on and whatnot. But um, personally, I haven't really experienced it. You know, it's one of those things where you wonder if it's just a perceived feeling or is it Mm -hmm. real, right? It's You saw some inklings in kind of September, October that, you know, the industry could be having some pullbacks, right? We saw it on one specific client that we actually work with you on where there was some pullback in potential spend. And so you say, okay, we're, is that just one instance? And then it happens a couple of times and you see some things where layoffs are happening and people are maybe being more hesitant to spend. And that typically marketing and specifically ad agencies thrive off of when people are spending more money because those projects get funded. They're willing to do more expansive creative work when they have bigger budgets. And so, you know, the thing I'm thinking of is like, do discussions start to happen internally? I don't want to say gossip be, but just, oh, is there uncertainty about my position here anymore? If there's going to be cutbacks because of that, um, one thing I've tried to do is I think transparency is the key to that is if you're, it sounds like there's some fairly solid transparency, but like, I think if you're just, if you level with people and treat them, treat them like people and are transparent with the process and have strong, I guess, I guess a moral compass on the business. That's what's nice about being a smaller company is like, you can feel like you can have that strong moral compass and say, we're doing everything in our power to push things forward. We're having a slight downturn now, but here are the steps we're doing to move forward to make sure that we're prospering in the future. And so 
I guess, what type of communication do you want to see when things are going well, or if things are a little bit maybe down or there's some uncertainty with client work, like what type of things are you looking for that make you feel more comfortable? I earlier said communication is key. I think the transparency and communication um, is a good specification of that. I forgot who I was saying this to the other day, but I said, it's important to be honest, but just because you're honest doesn't mean that you're also being transparent. So transparency, I think, is the differentiator there. That's something that I appreciated throughout my interview process with BNB. It took a while, but they were very transparent with me about why. And I really appreciated that. So I think that's something that goes a long way in that maintaining of relationships and in people feeling comfortable continuing to bring themselves to work and to be engaged. So whether it's bad news or good news, I personally would like to know what is going on and why. What's going to, we're going to have a little fun here in a minute here, but I have one more question that's a little bit more serious is like, how do you keep your motivation, right? So you're in this position, you talk about growth, you're at like a position in your career that you have six years plus of experience and you can look at it in some ways and say, I'm going to be working for the next 25 years of my life. How do you kind of view that kind of motivation to say, okay, let's keep pushing forward. I have a clear path. Like what, I guess what motivates you to say like, this is the, I want to keep pursuing this and I can see the fruits of my labor and then it's going to lead to a prosperous career or knowing that there's such a long path in the rest of your career. Like how, what, what do you look for in like staying that driven forward and like uh, keep going down this path? Honestly, Chris, it's hard. Um, it's hard to stay motivated um, because that, because I know that my um, profession and my passion are not necessarily aligned. Um, I've said for a long time, and I've said this to people at BNB as well, so I'll say it here. Um, I've said for a long time that um, if money didn't matter, I would go and teach high school English. That is for sure what I would do. Um, but I've also made a career for myself and created the path for myself in project management, and I know I kick butt at it. So, I'm going to keep doing that. And meanwhile, I tend to my passion on the side by volunteering with high school students on weekends. I'm figuring out how to kind of maintain my profession and, in other words, have an income that allows me the lifestyle I enjoy and also do something that I really care about and make an impact in the world in a different way. It's that. Like, I think maybe one day... I would like to get to a point where I've saved up enough to go and transition to teaching high school English and not worry about how much or how little money I'm making and just do it for the good of teaching and working with high school students. Well, I, th I think we're going to have to start a book club and some. Uh, <laughs> you can also work on our grammar when we uh, present those decks or when we share with you those decks, you can clean up that grammar. But no, I love it. And I mean, I think that you know, everyone's motivations are always a little bit different, right? I, I remember when I was thinking about going into teaching when I started college and my, my dad maybe cynically said, because I wanted to coach. I was like, I want to coach and teaching it kind of aligns. And my dad was just like, if you want to coach, you'll find a way to coach, but go into business. <laughs> and uh, obviously there was a mo money motivation into it. And I've, I've been able to find ways through mentorship and just the team 
oriented way of business and especially in advertising to to get that. And also if I want to coach and do youth sports or high school sports, like those avenues are there and I'll find positions that can align to that. So it seems like you're working to do both and maybe it ends up being more of a full-time thing to English. But I, I think you, as you advance in your career, maybe you'll find more creative ways to get that outlet. I know it's harder when you're at maybe a senior project manager level or a little bit below to carve that out because you have to work within the construct of the company. But as you grow, I'm guessing maybe you'll have more opportunity to kind of expand that. And I think it's, you're right for a little, uh, BNB sidebar. I think it could be like the finer things club of the office or something like this. You need to create like a side English thing, English class. I love it. Um, I would love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's end it here. Uh, we're starting a new segment called the shallow end. Um, this is where you get to have a one to two minute riff on something that bothers you about the industry. And it could be like the clients or a process and, or not something not serious. And again, it's not meant to call out anyone specifically, but just having a little bit of fun. I think some people joke with me that I'll, I'll start meetings and just go on like these two minute riffs about how meta is awful. And, um, I'm like, welcome to my terrible Ted talk where I'm going deep on the horrific way that the meta platform can work at times. So I'm going to let it, I'm going to free you up here. One to two minutes here. What's your shallow end? Yeah, I, I will say I've been to a handful of your TED Talks, Chris. <laughs> um, very enlightening. <laughs> I've never learned a lot about Meta. <laughs> on that one, I know. Um, yeah, I think um, if we're talking pet peeves or something, um, one thing that has been, again, one of those consistent things I've observed um, just throughout the years is people change their minds, which is fine. People are your free to change their minds we all are but also that's just one thing that like really gets me sometimes like we've already set apart like we were already down the path on this work and then suddenly someone changes their mind and then we have to start all over and then it's like why couldn't you just decide like this was an idea that was presented before too um so that's something that has uh kind of irked me time and again throughout the past almost decade <laughs> yeah and especially in advertising where there's so many people collaborating and mm-hmm. if one thing changes so many other things change and if you make big changes it can mean drastic adjustments to timelines. And I know we've been on those conversations sometimes where a campaign's supposed to launch on day, mm-hmm. certain day, and it's not going to anymore. And you just, that, that reality becomes, it comes at you quick when someone makes a big choice. Yeah. It changes things. Exactly. And especially if there's an expectation to still do the thing on the same day after having changed minds, um, which again is perfectly fine, but I think it's just a part of the whole, like, all right, if we're going to Um, you know, make a different decision at this point, then we have to be willing to um, accept the implications on timeline as well as um, people and availability. Um, I think, you know, on that note, and you touched on this earlier too, Chris, um, we talk about human resources in the workplace, but humans are not resources. Humans are humans and we have lives and we're not here to like, yes, I, I get that with a full-time job, generally the structure is a 40-hour work week, and we're dedicating 40 hours of our weeks to work. But we're also people. We're not just resources. Like, we, we things come up, and especially when we work from home, um, stuff just happens that we don't plan for. So, um, and that's where I guess I'm kind of going full circle here, maybe so many circles all at once, but... Um, 
That's where that empathy piece comes in, yeah. right? It's where um, we acknowledge that we're more than just employees. We're more than just resources. We're humans with lives, with feelings, with needs. Yeah. Um, so that's well, something. And we were talking offline earlier about just all these unspoken things that are very regular. And you kind of talked earlier, and you kind of brought it up earlier about having diabetes, but you talked about empathy and being a person. How do you feel like adding, I guess, maybe another serious question, but like having diabetes and working, maybe um, how have you navigated that? And do you feel like you're careful about maybe not overstepping in certain ways because you don't want to imposition someone else because you, you're you dealing with something? Or do you feel like we're in a place that's better and maybe a company like Bread and Butter or Pastor are very empathetic to it and are accommodating? The latter. Um, I used to be afraid to tell people in general, and I used to be afraid to especially bring it into the workplace because I was like, oh, what if, um, you know, I I walk away to do my insulin injections too many times or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was actually one job that I was at briefly um, that is inconsequential now because it was so brief, but I used to you know, when your blood sugar is high, you are generally more thirsty. So you go drink more water. So you go use the bathroom more. And that was kind of what I was going through in that phase. And they complained that I was gone from my desk so often. But I was gone because I was using the bathroom. But at that point in my life, which was very early on, I didn't want to tell them like, oh, it's because I have to go do my diabetes stuff. Um, But over the years, I've learned to just be more open about it because people are quite understanding and accepting. And some people have questions because they genuinely want to learn, which I've also become more open to answering. So um, people are quite accepting of just like your own personal things I've learned. So um, I'm okay with sharing, you know, you guys, I need five minutes because my blood sugar is low, which is exactly what I did after I walked in with you guys. Um, so that's something that I've been really happy to kind of learn and develop um, throughout the years. Well, I, I appreciate this time today. I know we know each other. It's good to know you a little bit better. Like these podcasts have been interesting because I'm using my network of people, but also get to know you a little bit better. It'll make our relationship and our work relationship even better. And it's good to get your perspective because... Yeah, we work together, but at the same time, you know, I come at things from a very media-centric view and you being a little bit outside of it and also coming into advertising last year, I think it brings a fresh perspective, which is always welcome. And I appreciate you being here and being one of my first, uh, actually the first non-DNW guests, which is awesome. Uh, thank you for your time. And I hopefully one day we'll have you back if this podcast is around down the road, but it's uh, it's been great having you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate your time too. Awesome.